Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Jesse, AJ coming at you live as round two of the playoffs. D- does it count? Has it officially begun even if no games are getting played? I guess round one is over. Round two has not yet begun. We're into the realm of round round two. Right, yeah. It's Fair intermission. Enough. There we go. Intermission between the rounds one and two. Perfect. It's between the first and second period of the playoffs. Every playoffs guaranteed to go to overtime. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> lots of news to get to. Lots of previews to get to. Lots of stuff to get to. So let's not beat around. Let's start with the Avs. Jesse, you were at practice today. Uh, obviously, Landy has been missing some time at practices. Kemper is back. Lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so Landeskog and EJ took maintenance days yesterday uh, for both of them. That was their second maintenance day uh, of this eight-day little break here. Um, but they were both on the ice today. Uh, really long practice yesterday. Uh, not quite as as strenuous today. Um, really not a ton of like major updates beyond those two. Kemper did talk yesterday. Uh, you know, just kind of talked about the incident itself. It was scary. Uh, but he said his he still has a teeny bit of swelling in that right eye a little bit and a little bit of bruising, but said it's all good. He can see uh, his his peripheral is back, all that good stuff. Um, so that's good. Uh, New hook. I know that's the one that a lot of people are wondering about. To me right now, he still looks like the scratch. He's skated in Landeskog's spot um, both times that he's been uh, the – both times he's gotten a maintenance day. So – that looks to me like he's probably on the outside, but they've had not super surprised that they're not going to change the lineup after a sweep. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought maybe uh, he'd get a look with just kind of the different style. AJ, I think you and I talked about this on a show last this past week where maybe stylistically he'd get a shot, but it looks like, yeah, they, they may just roll with it. They've been rolling four guys in white and gray, which is typically their third and fourth line jerseys. Yeah. Um, so again, to me, it looks like you're watching Abe Kubel. If his play dips, new hook will slot in. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the guys look good. Uh, they all they all sound ready. They all sound really anxious to uh, get going. Uh, and beards are coming in nice, as, as we had a, a question in the chat. All with the exception of Kale, uh, who does look like he's got a little bit of a mustache coming in. But I felt bad for him yesterday. Someone in media asked him if he gave up on growing the beard. It's like, bro, it's been a week. <laughs> Give the kid a break. Well, you got to call him out like that. Yeah, God yeah, yeah. <laughs> no mercy. Well, and he's up there with uh, with Taves, who I didn't realize. Like, Taves has got a thick boy coming in. Like, dude can grow it. Yep. Yeah. It's real. It's definitely real for Taves. Uh, Avs, as of tomorrow, it will be, what, a, f- a full week of nothing? Eight days, eight, nine eight days? days in be- eight days in between games because they wrapped it up on Monday. Yeah, you're right. So so today is the full week. Um, we were not expecting that when they filmed. We were like, oh, maybe Saturday. Yeah. Well, well so here, here's a really interesting thing. And, I, and I'm rude. I hope I'm sorry. No, go. I mean, this, this is, this is where we're headed. Yeah. <laughs> Bednar sounded legitimately like annoyed with this yesterday. He goes, look, you know, the, the whole point 
of wrapping a series up early is to be the one that gets the rest and you get a tired team coming off of that. And he goes in and now St. Louis has been sitting around for more than half a week themselves. Like, he's like, I, I just don't feel like we really got the, the benefit that you're supposed to get from wrapping your series up early. So sounded, he sounded a little frustrated. I have to imagine this, this is probably because of the new TV deal, right? This is, this seems like ESPN and TNT have said we're not doing this. I, I mean, loosey goosey. The refusal to release the schedule at all until the entire first round was done. Right. Yeah. Well, they have a couple. They had a couple conflicts um, with sure. Dallas, Dallas could have changed. Dallas things, having but... two teams. Um, Miami having multiple teams in as well. Um, there were some like there were some conflicts that they had to consider. Do, do the Heat play out of the same? I have no idea. I genuinely don't know. Yeah. But um, I'll with, say I don't know either. With with with, I mean they've they've got the, trying to schedule all of that out. I can imagine was probably pretty difficult. But what's weird is we've seen it happen regularly in the past where they were just like, "All right, you guys are good. You know what's happening. Let's go, go." Yep. But I I've also been making the assumption that it was just TV related and that they were like, hey, uh, we want an entire weekend of game sevens and we don't want like game one leading into it. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just so all over the place because you've talked about, yeah, the Evs and St. Louis have been waiting around forever. Meanwhile, they flip flop on the, the Florida series and that one starts Tuesday. Like, Right. They don't even give all the game sevens that that went double Wednesday. So, well, I and again, like I I, I get the conflicts and all that stuff, but I I did just think it was legitimately weird that had Dallas scored a goal in overtime, the Avs, the team that finished their series four days before the next closest person, or maybe three days before the next closest team, would have had to wait till the second day of the of the second round to start playing. I, I just thought. Everything about that was really uh, was just really odd. Also, why is the battle of why does the battle of Florida have a back to back in it? Does it? I, yeah. I didn't even see that. I, I, I just assumed it's that three and four. That seems they are on Sunday and Monday. Incredibly dumb. Why would you ever have a back to back in the playoffs? That's just wrong. Like last year, I got it. Like you had to. Uh, you know, like there were there were. You're trying to fit it all in, right? Like the bubble in Edmonton. Everybody played back-to-back. The Avs just waited eight days for their next round series. They can have two days off between games three and four. That has to be be a Saturday scheduling conflict, right? Because what makes that even weirder is that... Two days off before. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Chad has told us that the Heat and Panthers do not share a building. So that's a really even, that's an even weirder conflict. Well, because, well, because, and and the game should be in Tampa. The game three should be in Tampa. So what the, what is, is Monster Jam in Tampa? Yeah, like like what is going on in Tampa? (laughs) Trying to go Google the Amelie Arena. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we look up why in the world there's a back-to-back in the playoffs. Good good prep on our part here. We know lots of stuff here. <laughs> well, hey, I feel like we could say the same thing to the NHL. Yeah, good prep here on the second round. You ended up with a back-to-back in the for the 
president's trophy winning team. I don't even there's nothing scheduled anywhere. I guess on that Saturday there's Kane Brown is on tour, but there's yeah. nothing on the Sunday. No, or yeah, so I, that's rather what the it Tuesday. Is. So that's what it is. So Kane Brown, whoever that is, is in town Saturday at seven. And cool. so they had to push Tampa to Sunday and make them do a back to back Sunday Just Monday. Move the Monday game to Tuesday though. Look. Yeah. That's really weird. So, so there you go. So Kane Brown, that, that is really shitty. There is no event in May that isn't Tampa Bay, except for May 21st. There is no other events in Amley arena, except for that. That's brutal. That is, that is so weird. Uh, okay. Imagine, imagine you're like the guy in charge of booking for that arena. And you're like, are you kidding? (laughs) Are you kidding? In those situations, I always do just picture it being like one guy and like getting the email, like, oh, what? And no one to, no one to like, doesn't fall on anyone else. Like, no, you messed this up. Well, and this is, this is also, this is also, nice going, Jim. Couldn't you, couldn't you have started the series on that series on Wednesday instead? Yeah, right. There's so many things. You avoid this back to back. So many things. Because if you start the series on Wednesday, then you just go Wednesday. Friday, Friday, Sunday, anyway. It, right. You're in, and it's not. And you're in no sunrise for the Friday game, so you're fine. Yeah. Can you're, we can we have a moment of silence for the Amley Arena like grounds crew? <laughs> yeah, Is that's clean, be clean up. Kane Brown's late Saturday night just to for know, an afternoon for... hockey game. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday. It's gonna be some bad ice in game three, <laughs> bro. Uh, <laughs> Okay, anyway, there is plenty of other news around the league other than Tampa and Florida having a bit of a weird schedule. Uh, All of it just felt very avoidable. It did. It it (laughs) did feel very avoidable. Where do you want to start with teams eliminated from these playoffs? Because there's a lot of storylines to to go on here. Can we jump into one that is not a playoff team first? Sure. Sure. And to me, this is the biggest news of today uh, with Pete DeBoer being out in Vegas. Well, so the Islanders hire Lane Lambert, who has been the runner-up in a couple of job searches over the last few years, including Colorado's when they hired Bednar. And uh, that was after firing Trotz. So then you hire Pete DeBoer, or they fire Pete DeBoer. Now DeBoer, like DeBoer's track record is pretty damn good. So now he's going to be an attractive guy on the market. Trotz is on the market. Quinville is still on the market. Like uh, he, as, as much as up coaching situation, <laughs> as much as I would like to believe that Quinville's not going to get no, a redemption you story out of this, he's going to. Both Tony D'Angelo and Devander Kane are in the second round of the playoffs. Man, there are no consequences in the NHL. Well, well, this and, is what I'm the saying. Other, the other thing too is like if, if you. Take that out of it for just a moment. Like Joel Quinville is an unbelievable coach. And as we've learned in sports. Right. That's what's prioritized. If you can, if you can, if you can produce at the highest level, then. Right. The NHL will overlook pretty much everything. Yeah. That's it. Like, so it's, uh, it's. And the NHL is still so much better than the NFL. It's crazy. Oh God. In that, in regards to that. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good. 
Uh, so yeah, no big news of the day was was DeBoer's uh, being dismissed. The whole the whole coaching staff too it wasn't just like DeBoer's. All of this, them are gone. This isn't like out of the blue. It's not it's super not, surprised, not given that they missed the playoffs. And well, it's Pete DeBoer. He historically has had a limit of the amount of time that he continues to be an effective coach anywhere. Well, is with Pete... with trots coming onto the market, it was like okay, like they they still had DeBoer under contract for a year, so they could look at the coaching market and say, we don't really we don't really want to dabble in this. We'll just we'll just run it back with Pete, and then there's enough there's enough. Either it's going to be one of these guys we've talked about, or they like somebody else that they that they see as available, and they're gonna they they were comfortable. They don't make this move. At this time, because their season's, in mind. Yeah, yeah. their season's been over for two weeks. So they they have clearly have some sort of a plan where they're they're not just like they didn't just like wake up today and we're like, yeah, let's fucking fire that guy. So <laughs> based on Vegas's PR, they might have. Yeah. You know what? I it came to me in a dream last night. This guy's fucking done. Ooh, and Mark Stone's having back surgery. Still over the cap next year, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, uh, not, not there's there's their LTIR. They don't have to make any moves. <laughs> so does so I got a question for you guys about DeBoer, and then I got a question about Trotz. DeBoer is he kind of becoming the new uh Bruce Boudreaux? He's great at getting your team into the second third round of the playoffs but yeah i mean bruce boudreaux yeah. would, would have loved that yeah <laughs> I, I think pete DeBoer's his own animal but he's absolutely the choke artist he can't get it over the finish line 100 percent. yeah i was saying it's with multiple teams now and then two you know i think a lot of people are making the trots vegas connection i just don't know if barry trots like he just seems to go against the grain of a lot of the things that we've seen out of that organization he's gonna be so sought after that he's gonna be able to more or less just kind of pick his spot yep. he's not right. a guy that has to take whatever comes his way well, right. there are so many potential coaching vacancies he can watch this market play out and be like mm, no thanks for no sure thanks. Well, i saw someone no thanks talking about him they're like well why wouldn't he take it it's an nhl job it's like yeah but That's barry why. trotz isn't going to be begging for an nhl job like there, there's going to be teams like, hey, we we'll fire our coach for you, like, you know, you know like, what I mean? Like, it, he's going to have no shortage of offers. I almost like Trotz is almost at the point where it's like, maybe he wants a front office job now. Like, he's been doing the coaching right. thing for a long time. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's maybe that is his part. Like, maybe that's where he wants to go with it, and that's that's part of the story that we always we can't answer when we talk about this stuff. We just don't know. Right. Right. We don't know what those guys want to do. We don't know what is attractive about a job to them. Because on the outside, I think would it be fair to say that all three of us are kind of looking at the situation in Vegas and saying, I don't know that I want to be in that environment. Like yeah. competitive There's just team, too much up in the air still. Like yeah. you like you like that it's a competitive team and that you're in a weak division and that you feel like there's a path to success there. But organizationally, you have to have some serious questions. Well, th- this is this goes back to the conversation that the three of us had for the last two months of the season. Uh, well, really, since the trade deadline, right, and, and, and the whole Evgeny Dadanov thing, yeah, you know, kind of unfolded. Was we were just saying like this has this has started to happen too often at every level, players, coaches, front office, 
in Vegas that, that to the point you may now be tipping that direction where, you know, just because this is who we're talking about. I don't know if Barry Trotz would be like, Ooh, that's a place I want to go. Despite them having a really good roster, despite, you know, Vegas being an, an attractive location given, you know, NHL cities, no tax, you know, state tax, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but you seriously may have just gotten to the point now where it's like, you're just not that attractive to people. Like culturally, you're a little toxic right, right now. Like right. you're a little radioactive. Well, and like, I don't know how close Pete DeBoer and Barry Trotz are by any stretch of the imagination, but you, you know understand. they're going to talk. Right, about. exactly. They're, they're both NHL head coaches. There's a yeah. circle there. That and, fraternity is very real. And if I'm Pete DeBoer and I just got fired by Vegas and the stuff is true about Leonard and Pete DeBoer didn't know any of that, day one i'm on the phone with anybody i can get my hands on and been like yeah they completely screwed me over for the entire there's like an nhl head coach like group text where he's like, <laughs> don't do it fellas boys come on <laughs> this this point in in uh the chat about coach q I, I think that's a great point and that to me that marriage makes a little bit more sense because yeah he, you know he's kind of in the opposite position where yeah, an NHL job does mean something to Joel Quinville right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the possibility of there being so many openings, you know, Detroit needs a coach. What's going to happen in Chicago. Winnipeg needs a coach. Vegas needs a coach. I guess the Islanders just filled that opening. So that's off the table. So, but, but like there's already uh, multiple spots. Yeah. Yeah. Should be uh should be interesting. Uh, we do have to get to some of the eliminated teams as well. Uh, and any particular storylines? I feel by the end of round one, it felt like anyone could get eliminated, right? I don't think there's any big shock eliminations, really. So yeah, no, the I guess so. I'll I'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, L.A. As much as I was. Not surprised just because I, I, I see Edmonton as such a flawed team. I thought that was a great performance from LA. No Drew Doughty. Um, I mean, we're pretty obviously outgunned up front, um, but, but I just thought they, I mean, it, it was one of those things where it was like for LA to be in this series, they have to be perfect in these areas and execute in these areas. And after what game three they were like pretty close to being perfect in the areas they needed to be yeah i i not sure you could ask a ton more out of the la team as it was constructed yeah yeah i i kind of feel about them um i don't know i'm i'm like respect right like it was a good series they fought hard Uh, they felt wildly overmatched on the skill front yep Yep. um but like they made a series of it and that's great how much of that was them and how much of that is edmonton being the oilers like it's you know like it's a combination of them and i really don't want to take away from the kings but i'm not convinced they're back next year so 
I, I'm, the, I'm them being in like, the Pacific is there. It, well, well, it's and, the lack of the young blood not doing anything for them, right? They're getting by on the old dudes. That, that's what concerned me. Look at the, all of their best players in the series, and it's like it's like Phil Deneau and Kopitar and you know and Jonathan, Jonathan Quick, like nothing. You, dude. you gave you gave Calvin Peterson the huge deal this off season. Jonathan Quick played that entire the, series for you. The two games Byfield got in, nothing. The two games Velarde got in, nothing. All seven games from Kaliev, nothing. Yeah. And, like, the one area where Kaliev should be an absolute difference maker is on the power play, and he's totally irrelevant there. Yep. Do you think if they have Drew Doughty, do they close that series out? No. You don't think so? No. Because I don't think Drew Doughty, I don't think Drew Doughty was, their, was their problem. I just, I don't think they have, I don't think they have enough up front, man. I did more well, defense kinda, isn't more defense isn't what they needed for me. Well, they I know, needed, but that, I mean, it's, their, another, it's their best offensive weapon from the blue I, line. I would say Victor Arvidsson was probably more important to them. Mm, yeah. Doubt he was. I forgot that he was missing from them as well. So I, I just, and even then, I don't think Victor Arvidsson was enough, but it sure would have helped. So we'll, I mean, we'll they, see. They like they're, a, they're, they're, they're they had fine. a tie game in Game Six. They had a tie game in the third. Yeah. Like you get a little bit of extra offense. I don't know. You just never know for sure. No, a good series. Great series. Ended up being. There were not essentially no bad series in, in round one. The Avs Nashville was the only real mismatch at the end of the, yeah, the round. So that was, that ended up pretty bad. The team, the one team, or I guess there are two teams that, surprised me or I feel a little bit unfortunate for and that's Washington and Pittsburgh Uh, I mean Washington uh, Pittsburgh I feel genuinely bad for sure I feel bad for I feel bad for Pittsburgh because they just couldn't catch a goddamn break yep right like you're you're talking about you're you're losing goalie goalie challenges you're you're getting some awkward rule interpretations you're getting some bad luck here like you give up a scoring chance and you've got guys like just perfect shot, like it, great stuff, right? Like you with Louis Domingue in net, and you're right, like, like hey. you're 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 talking like Louis Domingue is in net. Obviously, you're down to your third goaltender. You know, Sidney nope, Crosby nope, misses right. misses a couple of games. Like they just couldn't catch a damn break in that series, and they were this close to it anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers, the the Rangers just sort of lived that kind of charmed life, and I'm not going to be surprised when they get rolled in oh, this yeah, next that series. Getting body. We'll talk about it later. I'm yeah. Sure. Well, and, then, and then Rudo. So I I uh, I I play with a guy who's a is a big time Caps fan, and where I do feel bad for them is they were this close to a three one series lead. They had a three goal this lead, man. Close. Well, I'm talking about that empty netter in game. Yeah. Two. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They missed, they missed the empty net them. by yeah. by by an inch, and yeah. it was right there. But mm-hmm. I mean, they there there's multiple of those instances though. They've got third period leads that they blow in multiple games. They miss multiple. an empty net. Right, I mean, right before right right before the 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 goal that ended. I mean, they hit the post. Right, yep. like you know. So so my my buddy, I, I was laughing because they it was. When the series, I think, was three to two, wherever the series was sitting last Thursday, he goes, as soon as that empty net went wide, I knew we were losing the series. He was like, you just. 
you can't you miss just that. don't survive those kinds the, of opportunities. The, the postseason, man. Like the right. difference between Pittsburgh and Washington here is Pittsburgh ended up playing Louis Domingue for a bunch of those games. Yeah, like right. you could absolutely make the argument that Pittsburgh deserved to win its series based on how they played. And it, Washington, Washington lost a couple of coin flips in which they started out ahead. Washington rode their ponies and mostly Ilya Samsonov for the playoffs, and he was terrible. Yeah, he was awful for them. Yeah, he wasn't very good. I mean, Vanacek was worse, and they pulled him. Like, they just couldn't get good goaltending, which is the thing that we talked about in our preview as the, what was going to undo Washington is that you like all the layers of their team except their goaltending. Everything, yeah. you like the experience. You like how they play. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. They're organized. They do all these things, and all of it gets undone by goaltending. And then you go look at the 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 series clinching goal, and you're like, it all gets undone by goaltending. <laughs> Two dollars from Ryan saying, "Is this where I subscribe to the Macarena facts?" Thank you very much for the two dollars, Ryan. That was yes, it, it is. Fun, it was right fun place. on Twitter yesterday to talk of Macarena facts with people. Um, did, did you told the Macarena story again? No, I just I was joking around with people on Twitter. Oh, even about... better, even better. Uh, anything else we want to cover before we get into the second round previews? Uh, I mean, we have to. We have, we would be yeah. remiss if we didn't talk about Toronto at all. Yeah. <laughs> have we talked about Have we talked about Minnesota on any past shows? Because I, I want to touch on them, and I want to make sure we talk about Toronto. Well, I mean, we can talk I, about everything. We can go all day if you want. I mean, this is the day right. to do it, right? <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I, I just don't know that there's much to say about Toronto. Like, if you typed it up on a before the series, this is exactly how the script would look for the right, Toronto well, let me, series. Let me, like, let me ask you this. I'll shift gears. If you were if you were the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you were part of that ownership group, and you're having your postseason meetings with Dubas and Shanahan, all these guys, right? What's your directive? So I've thought a lot about that. Um, and he, so here, here's the really unfortunate part. This, I think, six six consecutive first-round losses, five consecutive Game 7 first-round losses. But I think this is the first one where it's like, you know, you, you don't feel bad about it in a vacuum. This series by itself, you don't feel bad about it. Um, really? Yeah, because I, mean, I think it was a good series. You so have, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it in a If you if you erase all history, just this series. Yeah, and that's what I'm defending. saying. Yeah, it's a two-time defending champ. You played him to a game seven, and I mean, like the way that Tampa played that game seven is why I picked them to to win that series. There was just a calmness to them when Tan or when Toronto started pushing. Late in the game, there was just a calmness and a composure to what Tampa was doing. So I don't think you feel bad about it. But then you do have to look at everything else that's happened. I think there probably needs to be a coaching change. And then I think you need to make some tweaks to your roster. But I don't think I don't think it's blowing it. Uh, I don't think blowing it up is. I would is not the touch that core for sure. Would not touch that core. Yeah, I I, I would feel bad about it. Um, like I, I think that there's a lot of respect. Uh, I really like that Toronto team. I thought that had they gotten past Tampa, I would have picked them to beat Florida. Yeah, um, me too. I, I think that 
I agree. I'm not, I'm just not touching that core. I think it's so freaking good, but I like at some point you got to wonder what the hell is wrong in Dodge, right? Like I'm not trying to hold all of their history against them because like in Colorado with the second round losses, not all of those are made the same, right? But this series, the reality is Vashilevsky wasn't great in the series. Vashilevsky wasn't great. Kucherov kind of non-existent. Braden Point hurt going into it, hurt in it, doesn't even finish it. Like you got a wounded duck. You know, it's like yep. the lion. The lion lets the gazelle just get away. Well, they it, do. Now it's, it's like it's... the world's strongest gazelle. <laughs> it's like the gazelle of gazelles. <laughs> the, the 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 best gazelle to have ever gazelled before, but it was it, they were wounded and they just they just they let him off the hook like the, not the, to sound like denny green here but they let him off the hook the the area of toronto that i think is is concerning is you i i tweeted it out during game 6 when they were going to the 5 on 3 i said this 5 on 3 is the series if toronto kills this they'll they'll get through the rest of the game and, and, you know, be able to hold on, close the series out. If Tampa scores a tie, this Tampa is going to come back and win the series. And you could just see it. When Alex Kerfoot went to the box, you could see it on the Toronto players' faces. Oh, boy, here it comes. They just, they, they, we watched it here with the abs for years. They know how, they find a way to lose in those big moments. The abs found a way to lose in a lot of moments for like a decade from 2007 on. But like they, they just have that where they, they look like they expect bad things to happen. As much as they were buzzing in that game seven, they looked like they were just hoping one would go in. And that to me is the part where like, you're right. That roster is sick. That and, roster is nasty. Well, and like defense, like do people hate on their defense, but defensively they're balanced. They're talented. Right. They're pretty deep. Like I think Justin Hall is probably overplayed and that probably has to end but like yeah, between, that, i mean between, that's the one weakness but between sandine and and lilia grant i think you've got two guys who could step into bigger roles and and have and and have a more prominent place on the team but like i money wise what do you what do you do you've got to try and keep some of these cats and now jack campbell's a free agent you got as much out of jack campbell as you could have possibly asked for yeah i'm not serious aj's gonna hate this answer but Honestly, they need a little bit of clutch depth. Game six, overtime, first minute. Alex Kerfoot gets a breakaway, can't finish. Ilya Mikheyev got multiple opportunities, couldn't finish. Yeah, Mikheyev is a guy that as the series went on, you saw less and less of him. And you were like, oh, man, is this really happening well, here? So Kerfoot, I actually think, is a is a great name to bring up. And, like, I Kerfoot, is a he's a fine player. You know, I don't want to, like, dump all over him but that was someone who i was having a conversation with with someone earlier in the when the series was first getting going and we were talking about the one flaw that like we really saw with that toronto team was like wow they sure lean on kerfoot in like some like key situations and just you know seeing him up closer a couple of years here it's like just an odd guy to be a go-to you know like 
key middle six guy. He just doesn't bring that much. And, and I, I, I get what you're saying, Rudo, like they may just need someone that isn't one of their top guys. And, and you know, like I, I did find it funny and this isn't me like talking shit or trying to like dunk on it or anything like AJ. I, I was laughing to myself last night watching that game or two nights ago, whatever it was. Cause that one morning you and I were sitting at morning skate and you were saying, I just don't know if Tampa can beat him. They just don't have the same depth and it's freaking Nick Paul. Yeah, It's Nick Paul. Yeah. Yeah. He scored the second goal and I couldn't help but laugh because one, I I remember, I remember saying that. And two, I hated that trade. Yeah. Like, I really liked Nick Paul as the, as a, like a, as a deadline guy, but I hated that deal that they made. And I said, so, and I was yeah. like, Tampa's loving this thing right now. Like, right. Like, but Nick Paul has also played a much larger role uh, than oh, for sure. than I expected he would on that team. He's playing like 18 minutes a night, dude. I was like, right. what the fuck? And, and Nick Paul? Like, to be fair, Tampa found a way. Brandon Hagel missed a wide-open net in that hockey game, and Tampa yeah. still found a way to win. So, yeah. it, and, and maybe, like, I'm looking at their roster, and I'm looking at their veteran depth, and I'm like, man, this isn't great. Mark Giordano, well, two points in seven games. Sure, he plays defense. Great. Jason Spezza, one point, one assist in five games. Sure, he gave a cool locker room speech, but what did that guy do for you on the ice? Wayne yeah. Simmons only played two games in the series. Kyle Clifford got himself suspended in yeah. game one. This this is where I think you have to start. Okay, look, do we need Kyle Clifford? Do we need Wayne Simmons? Do we need Jason Spezza around? They've got some prospects that are pushing on that on that NHL door a little bit. And you start to wonder, like, is it worth it to have these guys, like, to view – the leadership obviously has not mattered. Like the experience, they've walked the walk, they've done all this, they've seen all this in the NHL, all this stuff, right? Like the, all their selling points. Okay, well, are they still good NHL players? Not really. They're not like bottom of the barrel atrocious. You're not like, oh my God, they've got to get rid of these guys. But what's what's the upside at this point of them? They're hard-capped skill-wise. The leadership has not mattered because they can't get them through those kinds of moments. It just it just hasn't paid off. So what's the point? Is it is it purely like the like NHL like thirteen mentality where it's like you have all these like guys that are getting near the end of their career and they'll take minimum salaries and you just fill out your bottom six and hope that Jason Spezza does one dope thing for you on a playoff run and yeah, it gives an impassioned speech. Cause like you're yeah. you're right, man. Like these aren't if, if you're talking about, oh, he gives an impassioned, great, man. Make that dude the, an assistant coach. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, if he's not doing – I just I, – I don't know what to do there. Um, I think it's a really, really, really good team. And – I agree with that. I just don't – I don't know, man. Like, that, it's a really – I want to save that for the offseason because I think they're one of the many, like, interesting teams that we could talk about uh, in the summer about, like, what what they could do. But it was – it was I, I genuinely one, – one thing that I, I do want to say is I love that that fan base, like, everybody loves to hate Toronto. Like, it's the easy thing to do in the hockey world. It's like hating the Yankees, right, without all the success. It's more like hating the Cubs because their fans are the worst and the media like obsesses over them. And you're just like, yeah, you've never won anything. Why do we care so much? But I love, I love that that fan base like lets itself get its heart broken every year. 
Like they start to they start to believe and they start to buy into it. And I'm just like, this is what sports should be. This is what this is what it should be about. It should be that heartbreak. It should be that belief that because you know someday they're gonna win a cup, right? Like probably someday they're gonna win In a cup. Theory. And like, <laughs> will that city still exist after that happens? Or will they just shut it down after that? Where they just like I the level of joy that they're going to have is gonna make everybody else in the world very jealous. So we can move on. I, I won't I don't have much to say after after this but there's a comment that just came through here it said abs will take Nylander and I know that's kind of being tongue-in-cheek but that is something that I could see them doing and, and I don't necessarily know if it's Nylander but like kind of making another trade like they did with Kadri where it's like a a hockey trade send a player and get a player back that's also good just as kind of like a shake-up that would be the one thing if I'm Toronto that I would be open to is like a hey can we get a a like for like, can we improve ourselves somewhere by sending out a player? That's, that's good. You know, I think Nylander had a very good series. I, I'm not saying I would trade him, but if you feel like you got to do something drastic, I think that's kind of the only, that's the only thing that I would do. Otherwise after this series, I just don't. <laughs> it It's funny that you bring up. that up. And like, I get Toronto was in a spot where Kadri just didn't make sense for them anymore, but Tyson Berry did not work out for them at all. Well, and like right. when you talk about like, because the guy was dicking around on Twitter and I was like, oh, they should trade Nylander for Bo Byram, you know? Like, right. No, the answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely like, not. But like, like they should, like, they have to do something to, to get them a little bit more balanced and a little bit harder to play against. Mm-hmm. Because if there is one thing, I think that they're still a little too skill tilted. Get what they thought Wayne Simmons was, but it yeah, turns out like Wayne a, Simmons wasn't that guy anymore. Just a just a little like I hate to I hate to be the guy that's like, oh, you need is more grit, but like just a little tougher to play against. And I'm not saying you've got to upset the apple. You know, maybe that's where you swap a Kerfoot for I don't know, pick up pick up like a, a grindy middle six guy some out there in the league somewhere, right? JT like, Comfer, come on now. <laughs> come on. <laughs> that would be that would be fucking hilarious if they did that <laughs> like identical contracts and just yeah. like traded them one for one and we're like let's just try each team's like let's just try something different well so but so aj like you're because uh, i'm fully with you like i hate the i hate the oh they need to get grittier than it but like they don't have a a land of scog well and like, like, i look at i look at like, what's what do i like about this year's abs more than i did last year's and it's like I like that they swapped out Donskoy for Lekkinen, for example. Yep. You yep. know, I I like that the changes that they made. I like that they swapped out Jost for Stern. I like that they made like yep. the little the little tweaks around the roster gave them a little more of a of an all around element, a more physical, yep. a little bigger, a little tougher to play against. It's the ability to dig pucks, right? Not necessarily when you well, say grittiness, it, you're not necessarily meaning that stupid. Fun well, pace, face, yeah, I don't mean like punchy. go get Cal Clutterbuck yeah, and like right. have him run into stuff for three hours, right? Like, I mean, right. like you want to get guys that bring a little bit more of a well rounded element to your team, a little less skill trade off for a little more classic, like hockey grinder styles to, well, type I, of I, thing. I think about what Sturm said when he first got to Colorado. He said, I try to be hard to play against and not, I'm going to go put you into the third row, but I'm hard to take off the puck. I'm heavy on the four check. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always on your hip. Like that's just the stuff that I just don't know if they've 
got enough of. And again, you look at the abs, and I think you make you know Lekkinen, Nichushkin, Landeskog, Sturm, yeah, Kadri to an, you know to an extent, sure. uh, McKinnon to an extent, where you just you you got these guys that are just you know well, even Manson. a guy even a guy even a guy like an Abe Kubel like. Your middle yep. six guy, like, what does he bring? What is why is he literally in the lineup for the entire first round series? It's not because he's a better hockey player than Alex Newhook. It's because he just goes out there and runs into some stuff. Right. He gives you a little bit of an. It gives you just a little extra element in an area where you don't have a lot of that. And and do you, and to me, it's no surprise that of the three college, you know, college bros that came in all at once, you know, Confer, uh, Jost, and Kerfoot. It is no surprise to me that Comfer has been the one that has, you know, is is still left here because he's kind of he has the most of that of those three guys. Um, regardless of how you feel about Comfer, whatever, just yeah. In, I mean, there, were, vein, there were other things, but yeah, like he ended right. up like last man standing for a reason. Right, right, right. Across multiple off seasons where they looked at moving all three of them at different points, they just yeah. kind of kept coming back to. Well, he's the most different of the three versus what we have. Um, we haven't talked about Dallas. Does anybody have any quick thoughts on them? Because we've already spent forty minutes on this. God, stuff. that team was boring. Yeah, Jake Ottinger. I mean, insane, insane performance <laughs> by that kid. Oh my god, um, Jesse. I know you wanted to touch on Minnesota really quick. Yeah, no, they're just a really interesting team for me. Um, Cause I think they're one of the few teams, you know, maybe outside of like Pittsburgh, Washington that are, you know, Boston that are the veteran teams that are, that are kind of the pendulum is swinging back the other way. You know, if there were different circumstances, I'd feel for Minnesota because they thought they were a lot better than they were. A lot of people thought they were a lot better than they were. They lose a series where the first couple games were competitive, but then they really kind of just lost grip on it. And I don't know. I I don't think they get better. I don't think they can. I actually think that team is going to go in the other direction for the next three four years. Um, and it's just a really interesting situation there because they kind of go against the grain of a lot of the other playoff teams that were eliminated in the first round. And uh, I, there, there's going to be a really interesting team to to follow. So, um, one guy, one guy, I'm telling. Out of uh, out of the Central Division, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens with Kevin Fiala in Minnesota. Yep, because that yep. is going to be fascinating. And the other yep. guy, I want to see what happens with Dennis Gurionov out of Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had lost all trust to that coaching staff, and he is uh, 24 years old. Uh, he's unsigned RFA, and I like. There's your reclamation project. Yeah, doesn't have amazing underlings. They're not brutally bad or anything. But definitely a guy where you wonder what he looks like if he gets a different look elsewhere. Anyway, I'm done with all the eliminated teams. Fuck them all. Minnesota, my big question is like, what do they do in goal? Because they have one year left of Talbot, and like, I do they just send it with Yes or Walstead? I guess. But well, did you see? Did you see what Cam Talbot's wife was tweeting after that game? No, I did not. She was like, she was on. She was like. Can't wait to see what's uh what's next in our adventure. Like he's got a year see left ya. on his deal. See ya. And so I, it was dude, like, oh, that's I, a, I, an aggressive thing to tweet. I think that whole 
situation with Flurry upset Cam Talbot way more than they have let on or has gotten out. And I think Cam Talbot's got every right to be mad. I Absolutely. agree a hundred percent. That I mean, yeah, that was. Right I wasn't sure I how know. I felt about it until I spent some time with it, and I was like, you know, if I'm that dude, I feel ultra. I went to the All Star game for this for you this right. year, and while that might have been a little bit of, uh, eh, like I. I, I I played my ass off down the down the stretch. I'm the reason we got home ice, and then you played straight, the other dude, guy straight up until game seven, yeah, and then you hang then you the play. series on him. Yeah, yeah, you hang the series on me. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like that's a dude that when he got back into his locker, there wasn't a knife waiting for him. It was a chainsaw, yeah. and he just ripped that thing up and went to the coach's office. Like, yeah, I was I was gonna say that yeah, is left, left man, that was a messed up. They did him so dirty. Yeah. Yeah, no, right. I, I'm with you. I'd be pissed. We've done a whole podcast of content. We got a whole nother podcast worth coming to you. So yeah. stay tuned. By the way, another hour of us being on air. So hope yeah. you guys have all day. Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Go get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar or anywhere. Find it at your local liquor store. Go to breckbrew.com. They're giving away two tickets to every Avs home game in the playoffs, including the one tomorrow including ones in round three if they make it there, including the Stanley Cup final if they make it there. So go over to Breck Brew. Go nominate someone who deserves to go to a home playoff game at Ball Arena because Breck Brew is genuinely one of the dopest companies ever. Cannot emphasize enough how ridiculous it is that they're giving away playoff tickets. It's kind of insane. So Very cool. Go jump on that train while you still can. We're also sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNBR when you sign up with them. Of course, get amazing odds boosts every single day. But also, if you bet $5 on any NBA playoff game right now, they're giving you $150 in free bets. So you don't even have to get your bet correct. You can, If you bet on the Suns last night, you just still got your $150 in free bets despite that absolute beating uh jump on that go ahead and get yourself the money and then you can go bet on the abs or otherwise in hockey or darts badminton uh bowling you name it you can bet on it over a drafting sport there was a super obscure sport that i meant to to text you about at like four o'clock in the morning that i saw pop up and i cannot remember what it was because it was like out there and i should have done it (laughs) I can't imagine what it even was. Um, okay. So go over to DraftKings, do all that. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. To DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, drone racing. They do have that. Yeah. Um, okay. Second period. Of- Road racing isn't sub- uh, obscure, though. They have that shit on ESPN. Yeah, that shit's kind of... <laughs> uh aj what what lpc bar was it that we would go to that we that you and i loved and they would do drone racing on like thursdays or something oh i you know we went to so many different bars that we really liked yeah Yeah. i think there was only the one that we really struggled with yeah yeah the night of that Uh, flames game where mckinnon fell off the bench and we had to sit in that cold ass corner that's freezing freezing cold yeah that night sucked (laughs) okay yeah yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Kabaddi, crazy sport. I don't understand it at all, but it is a sport. Uh, so, first series, we're going to stay in the West. We're going with the Battle of Alberta. Edmonton versus Calgary. What a victory for all of us. That this, uh, that's, like, it actually happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting there. I was when when Edmonton won it, I was like, Calgary's gonna screw this up, aren't they? <laughs> it was looking like they were gonna in that game seven, Whoa. too. It was looking dicey for a minute there. Uh, oh, we got more chat bait. A lot of bait today. Yeah, there has been a lot of chat bait today. It's true. Uh anyway. Hear, hear what Tim Peel said? I don't care what Tim Peel said. <laughs> true people seem awfully upset about it the only thing tim peel could say that i would care about would be like yep there was refs gambling on games true (laughs) if he went if you Fulton donahue yeah thank you i'm like what's that guy's name from the nba then like donahue 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 yeah donahue went went to like went to jail for betting on games and like And was like, everybody's doing it. Yeah, went like full snitch. It was like, you're all coming with me. <laughs> That'd be about the only thing that could make Tim Peel relevant to me. I wonder I wonder if that dude, like, officiated basketball games in the yard. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, I wonder if he's yeah. called thousand shit. <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry. There might be there might be some fouls getting called in this series. Matthew Kachuk is involved. Uh, obviously, this is the first time in a is it what since like nine the nineties that the Battle of Alberta has happened in the playoffs. It's been a while. I know it's yeah. been a while. Did you yeah. did you know that last night was the first time that Calgary had won a first round series against somebody other than Vancouver in 34 years. Wow. That's a, I did not know that. I tell you like some of the incompetence of some of the Canadian teams over the last 20 years has been pretty impressive. So uh, let's start with the part of this conversation that, you know, you have Edmonton's top scores, obviously McDavid and dry there. Is that the last time these two teams played? 91. Uh, this Is this the one graphic we didn't upload? Incredible. I have a talent for finding these things. Uh, anyway, yeah. Edmonton's top scorers are obviously McDavid and Dreisaitl. There's no, no big surprise there. Oh, there it is. We found it. Look at that. Hey. Uh, you also hey. have Evander Kane up there. Uh has paid off in spades for Edmonton on the offensive side of the puck. The other side of their conversation is it's still Mike Smith back there. So can Edmonton survive off of the powerhouse offense only? I mean, it continues to, it's the same conversation for Edmonton. Every series will be the exact same. Yep. Can, can Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisel, can their offensive firepower carry them through mediocre defense and on we'll call it unreliable goaltending because like there are days where mike smith is incredible and then there are days where mike smith is not and you're like oh my god (laughs) yeah Yeah, no it's it's gonna be so leon dry i think you can expect probably isn't gonna be at 100 percent 
Um, He's fine, and, quote unquote. Right, and and I don't know, man. I, I, I just everything I thought about Edmonton was confirmed to me in that series, and I think if they get anybody else other than LA, they lose, and I think they lose in five or six, and and you know they're they're. Connor McDavid does his fake, really frustrated thing again. And, and they, you know, say we got to get better. And then they run it back again next year. Like, can we talk uh, about Connor McDavid for just a sec? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I think fake is a good word for him. Like for a long time, it's felt very robotic. Yeah. But every time, every time I feel like he shows emotion and look, maybe he's just like socially awkward. I am also socially awkward. And maybe this is how it comes across to people, but he it feels really fake like when he's really excited it feels like i'm supposed to be really excited yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. when he's when he's really mad about something it feels like i'm supposed to be really mad about something yeah like he yeah. just it i wonder like i'm just curious about him like internally how he's wired because it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like anything that he ever does other than blowing past defenders and being breathtakingly talented at hockey, right, right, feels natural. Everything else feels really awkward to me. Well, he dude, is an unbelievable talent. Like, holy shit, are we lucky to get to watch this guy play? But he, it, it's, there's he emotionally feels wired, like kind of oddly. I, this is definitely a conversation for the off season. But sorry, should sorry. that guy be wearing a C? So uh, Rudo, yeah, that, I mean, that's where I was going to go. Like yeah. th- that, that to me is his, and it's not his problem. He didn't ask for that. But like, there's a reason why if you look yeah, around the league, that's fair. A, a lot, you know, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane, like there are a lot of the guys that teams look to, to be the offensive engine that are not the leaders on their team. And they lead in a different way. They lead by example. You know, Nathan McKinnon goes out there and sets the standard for work ethic and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But he's not, like, the emotional leader of that room. You know what I mean? Like, he's got his own leadership qualities in one way that are very different from Gabe Landeskog. And for the abs, they, you know, Gabe Landeskog is the voice that everyone needs. That keeps Nathan McKinnon in check. I just think Connor McDavid needs his Gabe Landeskog. He needs to be the get on my back and all, you know, all scored this goal against all odds with three guys hanging off me to put us up to nothing in a closeout game. But like, I just don't think he's the guy that's like getting everyone revved up before a game. I agree. From, from an emotional standpoint, a dude that comes across as fake can't be your emotional leader, right? Like regardless of the reason, right? Yeah, it's it's a tough sell, and I've talked about where I think McDavid has been miscast as their their captain for a long time. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you were the one that brought this up earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah, and so I've I've long felt that way, but I'm when you watch it when you watch it work, man. Holy lordy, is he fun to watch? But the, now going against yeah. going against Calgary, dude. I don't know. I I don't feel. I, I think the offensive fire look. We made fun of Johnny Gaudreau a lot uh, for his disappearing act in the postseason. He showed up in that series against Dallas eventually. Uh, took him a while. Hey, he got the series winner, right? Like He's not going to have four games to work himself into the series this time around, but if he can keep that going, he was awesome. Like last night, he was awesome. 
Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's bring up the the Calgary top scorers here just to cement the fact that Gaudreau is at the top, unsurprisingly, with Matthew Kachuk and then Elias Lindholm rounding out their top three. Um, you will notice the total production from that series against Dallas was low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of goal scoring getting done. So you can expect a little bit of a gear shift for Calgary against an Edmonton team. It's Edmonton is going to play basically nothing like Dallas did. So is that something that's advantage Edmonton or advantage Calgary? Because neither of these teams have had a ton of time to prepare for this series. I think it's, I think, I think this is Edmonton or advantage, sorry, advantage uh, Calgary. I, I think I think going through the war that they went through because like the the Edmonton LA series might have gone seven games, but they weren't particularly close a lot of the time. A handful of those games were over early, and they were just kind of coasting to the finish. And I think the war that Calgary just went through is going to benefit them in the same way that I think the war that St. Louis went through was going to benefit them against Colorado, who didn't get pushed hardly at all in their series. Until they each had a fucking month in between the series starting, and now it's just like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I do think that the that absolute like the scratch and the claw and the warfare and getting through that and winning it, I think, is going to be rejuvenating for them. And I, I, I think it's advantage Calgary to start now. If this goes seven, again, I think that like. Obviously, the more you do that, that wear and tear is going to take its toll. But I think it's advantage Flames early, and then maybe if it, if the series goes seven again, I would say it's advantage Oilers late. Well, and and you know Calgary, I give them big time credit because advantage Alberta. Yeah, we uh, we you know we talked, I think in our in our initial series preview. About, you know, Calgary, they've been in this position before. How are they going to handle it this time? Uh, you know, almost no adversity faced in the regular season. Uh, you know, how, how are they going to handle it? And I, I fully agree with you, AJ. Like, the fact that they stuck with that mm. and someone like Johnny Gaudreau battled through, you know, a, a stellar series performance from Jake Ottinger, really low-scoring games – uh, the fact that that they were able to battle through that and come out the other side, I, I think says a little bit more about them as we're like, for me, Edmonton, that whole time, it was like, yeah, but you guys should just win this game. Like, like yeah. you should just win this series. And they barely came out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's advantage Calgary early. I think they are feeling good. And I just, Edmonton just doesn't have the depth. Like they yeah. just don't have the depth to match up. They, they seriously, I, I, I will, I will die on this hill. Had Edmonton pulled any other of the fifteen teams in the playoffs, East or West, they would be at home right now. I don't think they would. I, they would have smoked Nashville, but would they have? Yeah, with no UC Soros. Yeah. I mean, they got a sub nine hundred performance from Jonathan Quick, and it took them seven games. I hear you. I, I just, I just don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I guess that's kind of regardless. My point is, I, 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 to me, I think it's them and the Rangers are kind of the weakest teams now in the second round. Oh, I think I would agree with that. And 
I, I think defensively is where Calgary really separates because top yeah. to bottom Calgary's defense is good. I don't think that they have that true top pairing, but they're well, deep and they're solid and they're physical and they bring just enough offense to give you a problem. And I don't feel the same. Uh, Edmonton's defense is all extremes. That's Chris, yeah. you know, the Chris Russell's and the Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurth. Like these guys drive the crap. They, they play offense, right? And then you have like defense only players and like Cody Cece and about that. Because Keith and I understand, I know, I know what's coming, but and I like, I understand the goal he scored, but also, like, it, like Cody Cece's our X factor for Edmonton, by the way. Let's use the graphic before we, we destroy it. Dude had six points in that series against LA. Cody Cece, like, and I'm just putting him on here because, like, where did this come from? Yeah, for Cody right. It, and this is exactly what I'm saying, like, right. If he sure man, if he's gonna if he's gonna blow up and he's gonna be that two way guy for them, that changes their dynamic entirely. If he goes right back to being the Cody CC, he's been his whole fucking career. Right, <laughs> well, but this that's a five game series. Yeah, that's what I'm like. They need something like that to be competitive. Is kind yeah. of what it feels like. They need they need some more weird shit to happen. Yes, I agree with you. Well, and, and the other part that we haven't even touched on, and I don't know, maybe I'll be jumping the X Factor gun again. I doubt it. The matchup in net. The matchup in net, like. Advantage all the way to Markstrom. Right, right, right. Like, it's. it's to, to your point, AJ, like, even, even on a good night for Mike Smith, like, I'm still picking Markstrom 10 out of 10 times. Why yeah. you say oh? Oh, definitely. Okay. I'm definitely uh something is happening with AJ and, and he's audibly <laughs> reacting, making faces, cutting Some himself off. Wild shit going on in chat. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say happening right now. <laughs> uh no. Anyway, I, I yeah, it's all Markstrom, man. And like Markstrom, like he didn't have to do a lot at, at times in that game seven, but seriously, like you stop a clean breakaway with like two minutes to go after you've been right. sort of sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Like, but well, and, and he did those, his job. Those games like last night, there is more pressure on Markstrom than there is on Ottinger. Oh, he's oh god, late yeah. in that game. Jake Ottinger, it's like, yeah, you you've played great, you've done everything you can. Obviously, for him, like he doesn't want to give that one up, of course, but like. If you're Markstrom, you stand there and you have time to think about that. We have dominated this whole game. I can't lose this for us. I can't make the mistake and get outdone here. And and I think that's a great point, AJ. The fact that he's engaged enough and has the nerves to stop a, a, a breakaway in the dying minutes, like that, that's you, you've got your game right between the ears as well as on the ice. I think he's. I think he's really good. He's low. He looks locked into me. Um, the Flames just, to me, they just look deeper. Um, they I mean, they look more well rounded. Uh, if you're if yeah. you're going down the series and you're saying, okay, who are the best players in the series? You start with Edmonton, and then how far do you get until after after McDavid and Drysaddle? How far down do you get until you get to another Oiler? 
it's not uh, it's not great. I, I mean, uh, I guess a Vander Kane, right? And it would be a Vander Kane, and then like Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be somewhere in there. But otherwise, you're like have flames, 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 yeah. flames. Like it's gonna like they're just. I think they're just deeper. They're better. Well, and that's uh, they. Our, they ultimately our X factor. I went with Rasmus Anderson, but pick someone in Calgary's top four. You can go with Noah Hannafin, depending on how they want to match up against McDavid. Maybe Chris Tanev takes some of those minutes. Yeah, and look, full marks that they got through game seven without Chris Tanev. Yep. So, and they're going to need, they're going to need Chris Tanev if they're going to make a long run. He's way too important to that defense. Yep. So, I, I just, the question is always the same against Edmonton. How much can you prevent McDavid doing? Because he's going to get his, obviously, but you can't let him and Dreisaitl beat you. And if you don't, you probably win the series. Well, and that's, and that's just my thing. And that's where I think this all comes down to depth. And, and I just think Calgary is too deep to let two players beat them, especially with the fact that, Edmonton has to score a lot of goals to win games. Yeah. Like they, they just haven't, do. they haven't done a whole lot of winning in low scoring environments. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't know if this is a series where rolling four lines to AJ's point about Calgary's defense. to what we just said about Markstrom versus Smith. I just don't know as good as Connor McDavid is. And as good as Leon Dreisaitl is, if he's healthy, I just don't think those two guys can outscore their problems against teams now that we're into the second round. And you're not playing an LA Kings team that was already overachieving. And then we're missing Drew Doughty and Victor Arvidsson. Perfect. Let's predict and the future. Let's do it. Let's predict. What do we have for this series on the prediction radar? That's... Three Calgarys and an Edmonton. Rudo. All right, I got to hear the explanation for this. Look, man, I said it in our Dallas predictions. I think Calgary sucks, dude. Okay. I don't think they're a good hockey team. I think they're sheltering a lot of issues that are getting by with Jacob Markstrom playing well in a a top line that is actually showed up, so credit there. But I don't think their depth is as good as everyone has made it out to be this year on the forward side, especially I think McDavid, despite his fake emotions is on a little bit of a mission. I think Edmonton is going to be extra charged up because it's the battle of Alberta. And look, I picked it in seven, right? So it could 100% go Calgary. Yeah. (laughs) I just picked Edmonton side and more than anything, I picked it because I need Nathan McKinnon versus Tyson Berry. I need it. I see. So this is a, I am predicting a thing that I would like to happen down the road. Not a, <laughs> not, not a, not founded in reality at all. Gun to my head. I probably am not picking Edmonton, but because I don't have one to my head, I can go ahead and pick whatever. Yep. All right. That's fine. I was what? tempted to take it Calgary four to one, but I think this series gets three to one. Edmonton will, Hang on for a night. I think it's done. Uh, I do think that they get out early and they have they kind of control the series. If Calgary mm-hmm. does, um, yeah, yeah. Home ice, but, all that good stuff. If you're asking why not Zod instead of Tyson Perry, then I don't know what to tell you. All right, 
McKinnon and Barry have something special. <laughs> if there was ever going to be an evil X that you, McKinnon would have to defeat, it's Tyson Barry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a good. Okay. He's he's the good last evil X. Yep the the one that he actually liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so any any final thoughts on this Edmonton Calgary series before we go on to the next one? Should be uh, should be great. Should be hype. Should be uh, you know. Feel bad for Jesse. Why? Because you have to go to Alberta next round. Oh, oh, oh yeah, either yeah, way. Yeah. I had, yeah. We had, we were we were talking about I was talking about that today with uh, Connor McGahee. I was like, damn, that does kind of suck that. Doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. Round three is in Alberta. It, it didn't occur to me until after they won it last night, but I was like, boy, doubt. Sure, would have been nice had Dallas made that conference final. Just to make life easier for us. Jesse yeah. should be rooting for Edmonton purely based on F sitting in the Calgary press box. Yeah, F no, oh, see, heights, heights don't. Fall, but everyone, everyone was saying the exact opposite because I guess Calgary as a city is way better than Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never, I've been to Alberta. I've never actually been into either like major metropolitan areas. Uh, but, but everyone was saying that Calgary is way, way, way better than Edmonton. So I would like to see that Rogers strong place. Opinion. Really? Yeah. I think it's a strong opinion. It's like people, people taking sides and Calgary <laughs> and versus Edmonton when, like how many? How much time have any of them spent in either one of those city actual city, like hanging out there? Not they flew in and they like walked around the uh, the the five star hotel that they get to stay in. Right, right. Like how like how much time have they actually? I'm, I'm just curious. I, I would yeah, be yeah. curious. Like, and I have heard that the Calgary press box is like a rite of passage type thing. Heights don't I re- bother. Me. I refuse, dude, because I would have a full blown panic attack going up there. Interesting. I I can't I struggle with heights and that would be a fucking no go for me. Yeah, but that's about it. All right, we are brought to you by Lightshade. You can go to one of eleven at different locations here in Colorado to find whatever THC or CBD products you might need. You get twenty five percent off when you use code DNVR at checkout on products at lightshade.com you can order for pickup you can also go in store and use it either way works just fine including products like escape artists topicals they have a bunch of different options ranging from one to one i think all the way up to 80 to one depending on what thc to cbd level you need super easy stuff you just rub it right on your uh, your wrist if you got got a little something or anywhere else that you might have a little bit of pain it's topical which you know literally literally means you put it right on there and it starts working for you starts working super fast 10 to 15 minutes super awesome stuff for any any aches and and pains that you might have so highly recommend you go check them out at lightshade again 11 different locations in the denver metro area if you're local go hit one up tell them dnvr sent you over there uh next series that we have on the list is the carolina hurricanes versus the new york rangers um a bit of an interesting spot here on the one hand you have Carolina getting in surviving a series where they use both Ranta and ultimately their third goal Kender and Kochkov Gucci Gucci sure that works um 
Carolina got through it. They took Boston in seven. New York, massive comeback in their series over Pittsburgh. I'm going to be honest with you, though. Igor didn't look that good. No. He looks he looks spent. The, yeah, the, this is probably the series I've got the least to say um, about. Uh, because the, the, Igor looks like 2014 Varley. He's just out of gas. He just looks out of gas. Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, like he's been phenomenal all season. Phenomenal. Was just good enough to get him through round one. But I mean, like he looked, he looks like he's being held together by, by glue right now. Well, and it sure seems unlikely that the Rangers are going to have the same kind of good fortune that they had. I mean, they were down three, one Crosby gets hurt. Doesn't play for a couple of games. They get, they, they get to go against a third goaltender. You have the, you have the runaway Vesna winner against a third Coley. And you're squeaking by. And yeah, you like... are game seven in overtime on a power play. Like you're, you're like the thinnest margin imaginable to get there. <laughs> so I, and, and now you're going against a team that all respect to, to Pittsburgh, but I think Carolina's better. Yeah. Uh, and I just think you're going to see them. You're going to see them. Maybe the Rangers are going to steal a game because it's what the Rangers do. They're going to win a game they don't belong in. It's fine. But uh, I just don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be an overly competitive series. Like, the scores might be close, but I don't think that the on-ice play is going to be – it's going to be – can Shesterkin be brilliant and have them lose 2-1, to or is he going to fall apart and have them lose 4-1? to So, AJ, you brought it up. I don't remember if it was on a show or if you and I were just talking, but you mentioned it last week. Um, the only area where I could see this being an issue for Carolina and pulling New York into the series is the high end Carolina. I think you made this point on the show last week. So I promise I'm not fully stealing credit for your, your thought. Carolina just doesn't have the guy who's the guy for Carolina and it's it's all kind of by committee, which yeah, I think those are your top scores. Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin led you in points, and don't get me wrong, Slavin's dope, but that dude should not be leading you in points. Like Jacob Slavin and Tony D'Angelo, like it goes to show exactly what Jesse's saying, what I said last week. Like if you look at if you look at their roster, and you have to pull who's their top guy, who's their who's their alpha, who's their number one guy in a playoff series that you're saying. On a power play, this guy's getting it done. It should be Sebastian Ajo. Where was yep. he on that that leaders list? The the point leaders list. Right. Where where was he in so many of the big moments of that series? And I'm not I'm not saying the guy can't get it done in the postseason or anything like that. It's not like that. I just I just don't see him imposing his will on games consistently enough. Like he's got games where he's great, but. I, I just don't see him being that like dynamic game changing element. The same way that like you look at Mika Zabanajad had what like six, seven points in the last couple of games of the series against Pittsburgh. Like that's one of their top guys who was it. That's it. You did didn't 
Now, didn't didn't drive the bus like those dudes were the bus. <laughs> You're talking about Igor Shosturkin is their guy, but you talk when you when you get into like okay, well, who's going to score for them? Those four names are it. Yeah. Yep. Those are the guys. You get into that, and then you're like, oh, yeah, like other guys exist. You know, there's a Lafreniere and a Ryan Strom. You know, Andrew Kopp is down there. Okay, great. Like, that's wonderful that they those guys are there. But that top line, Adam Fox, that's it. If you can manage them, if you could just say even, just draw even with them in production, you'll win the series. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there's just not, I don't think this series is that complicated. And, you know, obviously if Igor finds his game and, and plays out of his mind, that can change things for New York, right? But it it's a really tough sell for me to see Igor getting back to the guy he was in the regular season. Well, well dude, it's just like, I mean, and, and none of this is a, this isn't anything that I'm like, taking away from him, but like he played so well and he had to be so big in so many games for them to win mm-hmm. and to get to the position that they're in that just physically, like, I, I, I just don't know how much longer he can be relied on to that extent. And you start, you start to see the wheels come off in, in the first round. And again, big credit to the Rangers. They, they scraped it together enough um, but AJ, I'm going to steal one of your favorite, uh, sayings here. I think this is going to be a series where it's going to be death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the Rangers are going to be able to, they're going to have to shorten their bench too much that the longer this series goes, once you get past game three, I just don't think they're going to have the legs. I don't think Shesterkin is going to be able to drag them through this. Carolina has got their own problems, but I, I just, Give me the depth over the limited high-end talent. I I also I also think that this is like it's 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 kind of like an extreme version of Colorado St. Louis, where you have team process versus team anti-process. Like team does everything right, you know, but the which is Carolina, by the way. Yeah the the shots on the shots on goal, the chances they dominate possession, they grind, they they've got high-end skill. Uh, it's not consistent, but it's there. Uh, they they do they do they do so many things well. They're so good defensively. They're great on the penalty kill. Like they, so many things that Carolina does well. You love, uh, and then uh, the Rangers are just some schoolyard bullshit. Like they're Calvin Ball, man. Like they make it up, and they and it works for them. They get by because they've got Igor at the back end pulling them through things and i just it's just not something that it, it, hey it's gonna it can, it can win a playoff round or two but against a team this good as solid as carolina like well, i just carolina's carolina's just so solid top to bottom that i think that the 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 luck train is gonna run out for the rangers so let's get to x factors then aj i'm assuming you changed this one I did. Uh, okay. I I wanted Andrew Copps because the dude has been playing out of his mind since he came to New York. Nope. I put it as Jacob Truba because if he smokes somebody and takes them out for multiple games in a series and gets to continue to play, that changes the series. And we've Not seen wrong. Jacob Truba has gotten away with a number of questionable hits 
all season. They're all borderline, and there's always like that strong line where you're like, <clears throat> you can't hit people in the head, period. And then it's like, well, what do you want him to do differently? Bro. Bro, this and, guy is becoming the Evander Kane of on-ice incidents. We're well, pretty like, sure he did it, but I can't <laughs> prove it for sure. Well, it's like it, you you keep saying, well, what do you want him to do differently? And it's like when you get into like the sixth incident in a single season, maybe what you want him to do differently is to stop stepping up and hitting guys in the head. Maybe. Yeah. Like, come on. So I, yeah. I have him as the X Factor because – that dude could just smoke anybody at any given time and totally flip a series on its head. Now there, there's been a couple of them. I'll, you know, giving him the credit. There's been a couple of them this year where they've been questionable. Like when I have gone back and watched them, it's like, yeah, no, that, that is just unfortunate. He caught that guy real hard and he did everything right. But like, there's also been a couple of them this year where it's like, uh, I don't know if he did everything right there. Like that certainly looked a little avoidable. To your point, AJ, like, I just think it's weird. Like, even Zadorov, Department of Player Safety reviewed it, talked to him, interviewed him, and then put out a statement saying, here's why we ultimately ruled there was no supplemental discipline. I just find it weird that Jacob Truba hasn't gone through it, even that process. That, yeah, yeah. It, hey, there's we been wanna... no call or anything, yeah. Right. To, to AJ's point, hey, Jacob, uh... This is the sixth time this has happened. We figure we should maybe just chat with you real quick and just kind of get a, an idea of what where your head's at. And at least text the guy some this. fucking right. question marks. Like, right, right, right. Like, bro, what are you seeing there? Yeah. Uh, but like I said, yeah, like it, it just does seem to be like, yeah, everyone agrees this kind of looks dirty, but I can't really say like, for sure. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but. At a certain point, and I get it, some plays happen too fast. There's some plays that you're just not going to be able to react to. But if you're in a situation where you can recognize that a dude's head is down, are you in a situation where you can avoid hitting that downed head? Like, So, like, for me, what's even weirder about it, so I think of... uh, Let's let's try to keep this, like, somewhat focused. Sure, sure. Sure, well, we can... so, but, but like I, I think of the hit on Jacob McDonald earlier this year yeah, uh, for the abs. Yeah. Where again, that's one where you had a player at his head down, but like it's it's shoulder to shoulder right through the chest. Yeah, yeah I have no problem you with that. It's can't right. really do much about it. It's unfortunate. The stuff for Truba, it, it's just, it, it's all been just borderline enough where it's like, ah, that's not quite shoulder to shoulder. That's not quite right through the chest. There is some contact on the chin. And it's just weird that he's had this many borderline incidents and no one has taken a second look at it. Let's, uh, I mean, this is the same conversation that we've had about Tom Wilson for a long time. Yep. You do enough borderline things. People are just like, look, he's not learning anything because he's not getting punished ever. Yep. Right. And now you've got, and now you've got a, now you've got a dude out there that's changing the course of series with his shoulders like in this, people's so. eyes. Yep. Uh, on the Carolina side, our X Factor is a lot more traditional. Uh, had a bit of a pop-off series for a young kid, at very least, in round one. It's Seth Jarvis. Yeah. I, it, this so. is the traditional. I, he's not really a black ace because he played with them, the team this year, right? But he's the young yeah. kid coming into the league who has provided 
a significant boost to Carolina, particularly in a series where it turns out they needed it. It looked like they were going to take care of Boston pretty easily, but that series goes the distance and, and Jarvis scoring a couple of key goals for them. Yeah. I mean, he's been a revelation for them. Really young, talented guy that hasn't figured out all the way, uh, but is productive enough and has, Figured it out enough to justify getting big minutes for them. Um, does a lot of things right. Uh, is a creative offensive player. Is very, very good playmaker. Very gifted, uh, and he plays hard. He's a he's an interesting uh, element for them. Uh, more of a more of a playmaker that's not afraid to go to the net. Kind of the the anti Marty Natchez, who is a playmaker that doesn't want to get near the net so you know like it, he's a good player i like him i liked him in, i liked him at the, uh, his draft here i liked him a lot he was a uh, he was fun in the dub cool that's simple i i think i know what we're gonna get with these predictions but let's let's bring him up on screen here yeah let's go if you're going to pick 4-1, you might as well man up and pick the sweep. <laughs> Come on. It's a gentleman's sweep, Rudo. I'm just softies on this pod. Gentlemen <laughs> here. Look, I picked Carolina to sweep Boston. It didn't work out. So just keep ride or die. With the <laughs> Almost sweep. got that one right. It was close. It was close. I got my other sweep pick right, to be fair. So <laughs> take that at very least. Uh, look on paper these two teams are not that close together when it comes to talent and ability AJ has talked about it Igor Shosturkin has covered up so many flaws of this New York Ranger team that barring him playing out of his mind it's hard to see New York winning this series so I, I saw someone on Twitter trying to like dunk on analytics because like the Rangers, even in game seven, got worked pretty good. And, and Larry lost. Brooks in the New York Post. Is that is that yeah, that who wasn't he was like, Oh, well, wouldn't you know it? Even though they, you know, can't measure their, heart. Can't yeah, can't measure heart. They're not keeping scoring analytics. It's like, yeah, but when you're getting just run out of the building every night, <laughs> you know, at what point does that like catch up with you? And that's the you know that's what in our minds it's now (laughs) right 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 right. this series specifically (laughs) i think that's the i think that's i think pittsburgh new york was the one series i got correct in the first round uh like games like games played included i think it's like one of the few that i got totally wrong oh nice little uh humble brag there no it's one of the only ones i got uh completely wrong well, you know, you know, you got to get your digs in where you can. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, did you guys see Gretzky's bracket was like perfect, dude? What? Eight for eight, yeah, and he had like most of the series length <laughs> correct as well. I was like, what the? F- this yeah, didn't he also pick like St. Louis to go to the finals though? Yeah, he has St. Louis Carolina finals. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, we do have one more series to get to here. As somehow the NHL has two battles going on as continentally far away from each other as you can possibly get in the NHL. The Battle of Florida 
is the one we are talking about here. Tampa just barely getting by the Leafs. Florida doing their thing, coming from behind a bunch, taking care of Washington. Uh, what? Honestly, I think this is going to be an amazing series. This is the series I'm looking forward to the most in round two. I think, oh, I think, I I think, think the best series is going to be Colorado-St. Louis. I mean, I'm going to love it, obviously, but I think this is the series to watch. I think this series is going to be – I don't – I don't think it goes seven games, but I think every game is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be like like the Winnipeg Anaheim series from three years ago where Anaheim swept them, but all four games were like edge of your seat down to the last minute. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I think it's going to be a really, uh, really fun series. Uh, I think Florida got punched in the mouth by Washington. And I think that they're going to wake up and, um, I'm hard out on Tampa. Like I just, I their depth problem. How? I think, I think How did existed. you watch that series and still be hard out on them? And then I think with Braden Point being legit hurt and not being there at all, I think they've got some other things going on. Boshalevsky wasn't very good in that series. Has it been announced that Braden Point's done? No, but he's he's doubtful. And I just I just think that the deck is stacked against Tampa Bay on I mean, this one. It's not that it's it's not that I don't think that they're any good or anything like that. I think that they're beat up. I think they're tired. I think that they used the last ace up their sleeve, the last bit of good hockey karma came out in that series. Uh, and I just, if Kucherov, if Kucherov doesn't find a, a any level at all, then especially with no Braden point around, I really don't see how so, they, they win the series. Two things. When we made the graphics, I picked Braden point as my X factor because there was still a chance that he was going to be fine. And well, I think he is the theory. X factor. Cause if he's it, in, he changes that dynamic. I, I just don't not. know. It's, it's starting to sound less and less realistic that he's actually going to be in. Um, he was, he's doubtful for game one, which they might as well have just said he barely has an ankle but or a knee or like whatever is wrong. Two, with him. Like two, the one thing I'm really happy about if I'm Tampa Bay right now, is you've watched from game one to game seven, Vasilevsky's play has gone like this. Yeah. Moving in the right direction in goal. He, and he's he's the ultimate Vasilevsky's the ultimate equalizer for them. And kind of in the same vein of Rudo's thought process with Edmonton over Calgary. I AJ, I, I, I was having that same thought as you like, they may just be out of gas. This may just kind of be their last bit of magic. If it wasn't battle of Florida, I would be tempted to agree with you, but like they know the Florida Panthers have spent all year from last off season to right now, just trying to beat Tampa. And I think Tampa knows that. And I think they're going to dig in a little bit extra. The poise they showed at the end of that Tampa series or excuse me, at the end of the Toronto series, like they they are still the team to beat with the structure I, that they play. Like AJ, you said that they got punched in the mouth or and are gonna wake up. My problem is they got punched in the mouth, and I'm looking at their answers and I'm going, Vassy's not gonna let in that goal. Vassy's not gonna let in that goal. Vassy's not gonna let in that goal. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. don't know if they're gonna have an answer there. Well, and then you watch the series against Toronto, and he let in a lot of goals. Until he didn't. Yeah, well, and then, hey, when you call one of them back and you give him a freebie, <laughs> it, really, 
it really helps. I mean, that was a pretty clear pick. I have no issue with the call, but <laughs> just saying, like, it really helps when when one of the ones where you beat the guy cleanly, you get it called back. If we, to be fair, the, we, the whistle we went all like be two so lucky. seconds before the shot was even taken. So. Yeah, again, I'm no issues with it. Just saying, like. Getting into top fun. scores for the Panthers at the top, as we all expected, Carter Verhage <sighs> with 12 points. And then a little bit more realistic with Giroux and Barkov behind him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't expect another series like that out of Verhage, right? Look, good player. Very, very good, but went absolutely off against Washington. Yeah, well, and I think this is where, uh, kind of like the Blues, you're like, okay, well, it may not be Verhage, but it could be Sam Reinhardt, sure. right? Like, it could be, like, it could be pick a guy out of their top nine, and you could be like, yeah, I can see that guy going crazy for a series. Sure. So, I, I, I think that's where Florida scares the shit out of you, and it, defensively, I think that they're they're okay. Like they're 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 solid. I say okay. It sounds so like derogatory, but I think they're they're good. I just don't know that. I don't know that either team is great defensively. And you've accidentally walked us into the Florida X factor here too. Uh, healthier than Braden Point, but how healthy is Aaron Ekblad? Because he was clearly struggling at the end of that series. The dude, the dude looks like he needs like help to get off the ice every single shift. But then when he's out there. He's making impact plays constantly. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, he might be dead in a month, but he's getting <laughs> the job done every time he's on the ice. So until that stops, like, which injured guy do you trust more right now? Because right now, for me, it's Ekblad. Oh, it's Ekblad for sure, yeah. Well, and, and to me, the other X factor here for Florida is Sergei Bobrovsky. Very yeah. up and down opening yeah. round for him. Um. And again, like if you're just looking at the goaltending duels, uh, not a shot I'm picking against Andre Vasilevsky in Vasilevsky versus Bobrovsky. Like no chance. Yeah, I 100% on the it's Bob ain't it train uh, on on that front for sure. Uh, on Tampa's side with the the production, uh, the one thing they can kind of wear their cap on tip their cap to i don't know the phrase i'm trying to say hang their hat on there it is thank you jesse <laughs> uh victor headman is there's right behind kucherov obviously and, and you know kucherov really didn't play that well in that series but victor it's headman like, producing offensively for them kucherov, kucherov is eight points and it's like purely distributing pucks right like he did not want to did not want to do a lot of shooting there Scored the one big goal in yeah. game six. Like, but. did score, like, not, not again, not to say, like, oh, yeah, wait, well, great point, AJ. And then he only scored the, what, the game winning goal in game six or whatever. <laughs> True enough. But it's like, there were seven games, man. And if you watch that series, like, wondering what the hell is going on with Kucherov was one of the dominant storylines. Like, he just was not part of much of anything they did. So here's what's crazy about Kudrov is he, he's kind of got like that Miko Rantanen factor to him where it's like, this guy's terrible, and he's playing it over a point per game. Yeah, Miko yeah, Rantanen and- has the Kudrov factor to him, yeah. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just so funny to see that because, like, you're right. Like, watching those games, you're like, what is up with this dude? Like, Kudrov looks terrible. 
Oh, three points tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, oh, I know yeah. nothing about anything. He's like, got eight points in the series, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a bum, AJ. Good point. <laughs> well, no, but like it's it's weird because like you're not wrong. Like the dude straight up would not shoot the puck. Yep. And it's... and it was just weird. I, it's just so hard to, at least for me, to count a team like Tampa out right now they've won nine straight playoff series like how can you bet against that well and, and now up to i watched the last one that they played and i look at their injuries and i look at their roster and i just don't believe i think they're coming up i i i don't even like believe in florida like i don't have them making a <laughs> cup final here i just i just think that they have such an overwhelming offensive attack that at any point when they flip that switch and the fact that they had to at the end of that series against Washington, that they had to do it a couple of times. I just wonder, like, are they going to wake up and the switch is just on now and now they're just going to dominate? Because I I do think that Battle of Florida is going to give this different life. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this is, this is Florida Stanley Cup. Whereas Tampa Bay is just like, well, you know, we'll see how this goes day by day. We know this process. And Florida's like, we waited all year for this. We wanted this more than anything else. We wanted this matchup. Yeah. Kind of like Colorado versus the second round. We waited all year to 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 show everybody what's up right now. Yeah. And I'm just buying Florida stock. That pushes me towards Florida in this, in this, uh, in this conversation. If Tampa didn't have the point injury and Kucherov was blah and Vasilevsky had been blah, I would probably be a much bigger buyer. But how they got through that Toronto series left me wanting quite a bit. I, I just don't – I think – and maybe you're not, but I just – the way you're talking there, I just feel like you're discounting Toronto a little too much. Like that was the fourth best team in the NHL. Yeah, and Toronto they grinded – they grinded that series out. And when it came down to it near the end, they looked pretty comfortable holding that lead. Like to your point of like the way they got out of that series, if it was LA, uh, you know, New York, Nashville, then it's like, yeah, you don't love the way they came out of that. But like they, they took a team that was right up there at the top and came back on them and then closed them out. I I'm kind of with Jesse on this one. If, you know, if, Tampa had said, yeah, you know, we won two cups. Toronto's a tough team. We got knocked out in the first round. It is what it is. But they beat Toronto, and it almost feels like, well, I guess we got to go win another cup now. Right, right. <laughs> the, it, it was the, the comments Florida, from... like Florida was an empty net goal, but they didn't lose that series. They also battled back in that series. For sure. And were, like, on the verge of, like, oh, God, they're in deep trouble. And they went from the verge of that to – all right, well, they won that thing. So Yeah, but Tampa did the exact same thing against yeah. a much better team. And But the the toll on Tampa, especially with the point injury. I so think you're was, more of saying was, not, was not necessarily what they did against Toronto, but how they came yeah, out like, of the series think, against Yeah, like I think when we talk about, oh, this team right. like gets through a series and it's the war of attrition, I think that the toll extracted was much greater on Tampa Bay. And I think yeah. it's going to have a big factor on this series. And I think that I think that Florida that combined with Florida waiting all year for this thing, and this being their personal Stanley Cup, I that that pushes me to Florida in this one. All right, let's not beat around it anymore. Throw the predictions up. 
<clears throat> Sounds about right. Four to one, Florida. I just Damn. look. I'm buying the Tampa is just no, 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 no. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, just in general, like yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, so it's, so here. It's funny here, when you pick a series like four to one. It sounds like it's really lopsided, but I think it's gonna be like five absolute, like five like mini World War threes. <laughs> banger game after yeah, like it's game, gonna be yeah. a great series. I just think Florida has that little. I'm buying the little extra. See, I think if. If this is a shorter series, it favors Florida. The longer this goes on, I think it favors Tampa for the exact thing that you saw in game seven. I just, I, I, I could not be more impressed with the way that Tampa just, just composed themselves in that game seven, despite losing point, despite having to shorten up their bench down to nine forwards by the third period. I, they just, they never, they, they just seem so in control. The longer that series goes on yeah. and stays close, it favors Tampa. I, I think if this is going to be a short agree. series, I'm with the AJ. If if you get to Game Seven, I will never, ever, ever yeah. bet yep. against Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, straight up, yep. agree. I totally agree with that. Because if <laughs> like they get to was... Game Seven, then whatever whatever the point factor ended up being, either ended up not mattering at all, or they figured it out. Like, yeah, and he, as, you know, like they as got so through. so as so so as Vasilevsky was in that first round, he was phenomenal yeah. in Game Seven. Yeah, he was that, like out. that. It was the the save when he turned the puck over behind the net, and then just like super casual, calm. yeah. I was like, this guy's not giving up a goal. Just run the clock. Just run the clock out. He's not gonna yeah. give it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's on a different level in Game Sevens for real. He was great. So no, no, Hannah, no, no doubt about that, man. He was awesome. Hannah was watching that game with me, and I was telling her about. I was like, yeah, this because she goes, he looks huge, and I was telling her, I was like, yeah, he's six fucking a thousand whatever he is she goes how does someone that big move i was like that's what we've all been saying for like seven years <laughs> this guy is changing the position and none of us can figure out how a guy that not even big changing the position because you just can't find somebody <laughs> that is that is six foot three built like a fucking mansion and moves like uc sorrows you're just right, like, what right. the shit is this, dude? Well, yeah. How do you beat this guy? It's. <laughs> she said that, and I was like, yeah, I know. But right, that's... He's welcome to every pre-scouting meeting against the Lightning for the <laughs> last five years. You genuinely and go into jail, select a goalie, and turn all of the sliders to max. <laughs> right. And that's yeah, Andre yeah, Vasilevsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You created a guy that exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it um so yeah I, I, other than the Avs St. Louis, it sounds like this is the series we're all expecting to at least provide some fireworks. Totally. Um, should be fun. If you want our Avs takes, we did a whole podcast on just the Avs Blues series on Friday. Yeah. Go listen to that one either here on YouTube. Not that we're ignoring it, it's just that we did it. Yeah. We've had time with that series. So for, for an hour twenty, I think yeah. it was like yeah. barely shorter than this one. For the Avs Blues alone. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so go check that out if you want our, our Avs preview series. Uh we will also be uploading these individually. Uh if you miss part of the show, uh you can check those out on YouTube either tonight or tomorrow, depending on the series. We'll have them up. Uh, so go check those out too when they come up. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. Any final thoughts from y'all before we get out of here on any of these series? All right, Jesse broke his mic and AJ's staring off into the sunset. So we're gonna get out of here. Uh, 
Just like to say Vasi is an octopus is a yeah. hilarious way to describe him. <laughs> okay. We love you all. We will be back tomorrow. Pre-game, watch along, post-game. The We're back. Round two is underway. Be sure to tune into all of that stuff. I'm sure Jesse will have you covered and with all the pre-game stuff. They'll be at the arena. Jesse and AJ doing stuff. It'll be great. Tune into everything. We love you. We will talk to you tomorrow.